Welcome back to the Barrel Talk Podcast. This is your host, Corey Prather. Today, we got a different kind of episode that we're going to be looking to continue in the future. It's really just these one-on-ones giving me a chance to really talk about basketball since we're doing the main stuff on the podcast. Mainly football, really liked it on that with the wild card starting this weekend. Really gives me a chance to dive in, really talk basketball since we're pretty much at the midway point in the season in terms of games played. Got all-star break right around the corner, trade deadline right around the corner as well. A lot of fun stuff to get into. But we got to talk about the Warriors. Now, the Warriors are my team. Pretty much don't really miss a game. But after two back-to-back losses, I feel like this is the perfect opportunity to talk about them and the reports that came out today saying that pretty much everybody is on the block except for Steph Curry, which is really making sense. They kind of have a weird roster in terms of how you would address their value. I mean, Klay Thompson in a contract year hasn't been playing some of the best basketball he would like. He's been super up and down. He's been better as of late, though. Andrew Wiggins, who has just been porous to start the year. I mean, this is the worst ball he's played really in his whole career, especially since becoming getting to the Warriors. Looking at his stats, I mean, past couple years when the Warriors have been a championship-level team, 17 points, around 40% from three ball, super good rebounder, been really their best defender on ball, in my opinion, in the past two years. But this year, Andrew Wiggins off to a porous start. His name has been all in trade rumors, especially when you're talking about them making that big-time move to try to really switch it up and turn the season around. Andrew Wiggins' contract, he's on longer deal, so his contract is definitely going to be used in terms of bringing in another all-star caliber player, especially when he's having career lows. He's only averaging 11 points a game. Like, this is a terrible start to the season for Andrew Wiggins. This is a big reason why I think they've been as bad as to start the year as they have been. But... Before we get into all the negatives to start this year, I think we got to go over some of the positives. There isn't many outweighing the uh, negatives, but Chris Paul. I was very hesitant to really think how this Chris Paul experiment would go with the Warriors giving up Jordan Poole, who I felt like, yes, Jordan Poole had his flaws. He was a way better started compared to coming off of the bench, but you had him wrapped up for the next couple years. The contract wasn't the greatest when you're looking at the time. He just had a bad playoff series against the Lakers and the Kings. And then I feel like it was a little premature. But this trade came after Bob Myers was already out the door. This is not a trade I think Bob Myers makes to go get an aging veteran in Chris Paul, which Chris Paul has been the bright spot on this team. The Warriors, when you think about their current ages and at their peak, they have always had like the best starting five in basketball, especially the past two years when they were championship contenders. The starting five carried them through, and the benches did just enough to really get them over the hump in some of the games and some of the series that they were in. But this year, it's different. You have Chris Paul coming off the bench. He started some games as well, but him coming off the bench with Dario Sarge, their bench is actually keeping them in games rather than the starting lineup. The starting lineup has really been suffering and struggling, mainly due to the play of Andrew Wiggins and Klay Thompson being up and down all year. But... Going into the positives, Chris Paul, Trace Jackson Davis, and AirPods looks like the seals of the draft. But on to the negatives, because the negatives outweigh the positives by a lot. But the main thing with Jonathan Kamika news coming out and the most moody news coming out about how they have kind of lost faith and trust in Steve Kerr, which I could understand. I would too. The main question is, has the player development been bad? I'm not sure. I definitely think some points, it's a lot of messing with the players' confidence, like Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody, especially Jonathan Kaminga, because he has all-star level potential written all over him. It's just, you'll have games and stretches where he'll play a bunch of minutes, play great, 
this has been the best stretch we've seen from, from Jonathan Kamika with the Warriors because of the Draymond absence. So he's really had to step up into that starting caliber role. But then we'll have a game against the Denver Nuggets where he doesn't play the whole fourth quarter and the Warriors end up losing that game. And then you turn around and then you have him play a bunch of minutes. So his minutes are very up and down. He doesn't really have a consistent role with the team. And I think that really can hurt a young player in terms of finding himself in the league because he's only 21 years old. He's still super, super young. But in terms of the player development, I think at this point in time now, you have good rotational players, especially, and I'm mainly just talking about Moses Moody, Jonathan Kaminga. You don't have James Wiseman anymore. But just talking about those two in general, there is no reason why Moses Moody shouldn't be like in the rotation, has a rotational piece. I like what AirPods is doing. I think he fits what the Warriors do as a system. But when I'm looking at Moses Moody, He's a plus defender. He can shoot a three ball consistently. And even last night against the Pelicans, even though they got blown out, gave you 20 off your bench. And then the main reason for him getting back in the rotation was the whole Chris Paul injury. So he wasn't even in. He was getting coached to DMPs and barely playing games, which I don't understand. And then Jonathan Kamiga, his minutes and everything else have been so up and down all year. to where you're like, what is the value of the young guys? If they're going to go make a trade, what is the value of a Jonathan Kaminga? And a Moses Moody. I think Moses Moody is perfect for what they want to do. He's a smaller guard. He doesn't turn the ball over much. He's a plus three-point shooter and defender, like I said. But then you have AirPods getting starter minutes consistently over him. And I'm just questioning myself. I'm like, I understand AirPods is kind of really figuring out his role with the team. Even with a Chris Paul and a Steph Curry at the guard spot. He's still getting starter caliber minutes. But this is another problem we'll go down the line and talk about. Just off this season, what I've seen alone. But Moses Moody, Jonathan Kamingo, whatever they want to do with him, it is what it is. But I think Moses Moody is perfect for what they want to do. I think he's a great bench piece, and I do not think they should trade him. Jonathan Kamingo, on the other hand, he has a weird kind of value to where you could see a team kind of take a shot because he's so young and because the potential is there. He has the athleticism and everything else, but I feel like it's coming to a point in the Warriors organization and time period with the Warriors where they need to really understand what they need to compete. Like, what can you surround the team of Steph Curry to compete? But going into some of the other problems, this is the first year we kind of saw it at the tail end of last year. And I think it's a huge reason why they lost the Lakers in the second round. Tail end of last year, you're looking at Klay Thompson having super, super up and down games. Andrew Wiggins missed a boatload of time. He came back. He really wasn't himself. Jordan Poole struggled. Draymond Green was struggling. It was really just Steph Curry who carried them through that first round. And then they played the Lakers. Bad matchup with the Lakers. And then they kind of just got killed by the Lakers. That was not a good matchup for them there. Too big of a team. But then we're like, okay, this is the first time the Warriors have lost before the finals in the Steve Kerr era when they've made the playoffs. So... This was a team that always got the benefit of the doubt because we've seen them do it before. We've seen them kind of win championships consistently. So when they are struggling, you're like, benefit of the doubt, they're going to figure it out. But this is different. This isn't just struggling because of maybe somebody's hurt or maybe guys aren't shooting well. I feel like it's just a roster construction problem like as a whole. When you're looking at the big three is aging. They're just getting older. Steph Curry still at the peak of his powers, but Klay Thompson, we've definitely seen age. Draymond Green, I feel like on the DL, has been showing his age for years. And Draymond Green, he has he's a whole, whole different conversation right now. But I feel like his defensive game and his voice on the court is always going to be there. 
but it's just the offensive game I feel like has year in, year out just gotten worse over time. But, and then you're looking at box score numbers, night in, night out on the roster, you have a huge gap between Steph Curry and your second leading scorer. Your first leading scorer is Steph Curry around 28 points a game. He's going to give you that. Then you got your second with Klay Thompson under 20 points a game. He's only averaging like 16, 17 points a game. So that's a huge gap. You don't have another secondary score that's going to give you 20 plus on this team. Yes, they're really mainly a score by committee team when you watch them. But when you're looking at where are they missing points, Draymond Green, he's giving you obviously elite level defense and he's giving you around five to 10 points a game with about five to 10 rebounds a game. He's, we know what Draymond is, but when you're looking at Andrew Wiggins, looking at him, he's only averaging 11 points a game season lows. This is a guy who used to give you 17 to 20 every given night with good defense, with elite level rebounding for a small team. And then when you look at the team, the main thing I always see is how small they are. And yes, I think that is a problem, but they think of it a problem in the wrong ways. Golden State's actually a really good rebounding team amongst the league. The main thing is their rim protection. They are very good at rebounding the ball, team effort rebounding, like even their guards, like Steph Curry for as long as he's been in the league and as long as they've been making the championship runs, it's always been a good rebounding guard. You see AirPods out here getting you like 8 to 10 rebounds a game some nights when he gets the minutes. So the Warriors being a small team doesn't impact their rebounding because they're one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the league. They're upper echelon in terms of rebounding the ball. But the main problem is their rim protection, and that's been a huge problem for the Warriors the last couple years, even in their championship year. But when you're looking at it, teams are shooting 55% from the two against them. They have nothing to deter anybody away from the rim. And I am a Kevon Looney supporter. I love Kevon Looney. But he's not scaring anybody in the paint. He's just not. Kevon Looney, 6'8". Undersized. I mean, he can get you offensive rebounds with the best of them. But they don't have a rim protector. And I think that's a huge problem. Even Trace Jackson Davis, who I think, in my opinion, he should be starting over Kevon Looney. I just feel like he's just been outplaying Kevon Looney all year. He gives the Warriors a whole different look at the five spot. He's more athletic. He's a lob threat. He runs the floor better. Looney is just obviously a veteran, but I think in certain matchups, Steve Kerr pointed to it a couple weeks ago where they started Kevon Looney over Trey Jackson Davis because of the matchup with Nicole Yogic. I think Trey Jackson Davis should start no matter the matchup. He gives you the best opportunity to win, in my opinion. I understand Kevon, and Kevon Looney's only giving you 20 minutes a night. He's not giving you 25, 30 minutes that Trace Jackson Davis could give you. And when he comes into the game, even in the Pelicans game last night, he gives them a different look. He's a real, true live threat. He's super athletic around the rim. He's a veteran guy, too. It's not like he's super young and unpolished and everything else. Like, Trace Jackson, he is good enough to be in the year rotation right now with everybody healthy. He should easily be playing. But he should definitely be playing over Kevon Looney. Does he give you this type of rim protection that they need desperately to deter people away from the rim? No, he doesn't. They just don't have that on the roster, and they haven't had it for years. When you go back to the Warriors, when they started really being good, you got Andrew Bogut, who was the turn of the rim. And this isn't a team that has just an overwhelming amount of talent and scoring to where like, they could negate that. They could just, whatever, teams are good. We don't really have a real rim protector, but we got Kevin Durant, Clay, Steph, Draymond, like, it's not like that, and obviously they've been missing Draymond Green all year, who is at, who is a plus defender in defending the rim, but Draymond Green, at the end of the day, only 6'7". They don't have a real rim protector to really 
help them with their perimeter defensive struggles. They foul a ton, and they don't take care of the ball. Those are two terrible things to have because you can't put guys on the free throw line, especially star players in today's game, because you look at guys like SGA and Joel Embiid and Luka, they're just going to get to the free throw line against you whenever they want to because you can't stay in front, you can't defend, and you have no rim protection. But these are all kind of problems that need to kind of be solved at the deadline if they want to turn their season around. In my opinion, I think it might be, I'm not going to say too late to turn the season around because looking at the West and how jumbled it is, they're currently sitting at 12th. They go on a five-game win streak. You're probably sitting at top of the end of the play-in, depending on how it all shakes up. But we're going to kind of go into that in my next episode where I'm going to break down contenders and pretenders. But Going into names linked to the Warriors, because trade deadline is approaching. This is a kind of situation where you would see them kind of shake it up because in the Bob Myers era, they never really made any big-time moves during the season. Maybe a small pickup here or there out of the buyout market, but Bob Myers was never a GM to go make a big splash at the deadline, really because they had never needed, needed to. I mean, maybe last year you could have thought they were going to do something, but I feel like in the Mike Dumoulin Vieira, this is a perfect opportunity to see what he does as a GM. Obviously, he's not going to exceed expectations coming in after Bob Myers, who was honestly one of the best executives in the NBA and one of the best GMs in the NBA as well over the past 10 years. But when you're looking at what he needs to do at the deadline, I feel like there's a lot of unrealistic names just out there in the NBA circle in general. Like, top, top name is Pascal Siakam. He's in every trademark you can go on. You type in tra- NBA trades, his first names go pop up half the time. But looking at Pascal Siakam, last year was dealing a contract year. And a lot of the things that have kind of halted a Pascal Siakam trade is if he's going to sign after this year's over because he's in a contract year. Um, I just think it's too big of a risk for the Warriors to give up Andrew Wiggins and Kaminka for Siakam, which Warriors aren't in the best situation right now. Why would he want to resign with the Warriors? So I feel like Masai Ujiri is never one to just give players away. He's always going to look for the best trade for his team and his organization, as he should. But I think the Raptors are a bad team to trade with for the Warriors at this current time because the Toronto would definitely fleece the Warriors right now if they were to trade Siakam. Because they're going to get Andrew Wiggins to make contracts worth. Andrew Wiggins, I still feel like can turn his season around. I feel like it's way, way too early to give up on Andrew Wiggins. If you're going to make a trade that involves Siakam. Uh, Jonathan Kaminga, who I feel like is already one foot out the door anyways. And then you go get Pascal Siakam, who is really a couple month rental when you're a below play. You're not even in the plan right now. Who knows where you're going to be around trade deadline time. I do expect this team to make a move before the deadline because I feel like they're spiraling out right now. You never, we don't know when Draymond Green is going to come back. Gary Payton II has been hurt. Uh, Chris Paul is out for the next five to six weeks with his surgery on his hand. So it's going to be very interesting. I do see this team making a move relatively soon. Another name to bring up, Zach Levine. See, that's a huge contract that the Warriors would have to throw on Klay Thompson to go. To go do. Why would the Bulls want Klay Thompson? Exactly. You're going to have to throw in Klay Thompson, Moses Moody, and or Jonathan Kaminga. And probably a pick to go get Zach Levine just because he's on a long-term deal. What does Zach Levine do for you? Nothing much. Is Zach Levine going to be a, another shot creator for you? Absolutely. Zach Levine can average 20 to 25 a game, especially playing next to Steph Curry with the spacing that he can be provided. But then you're kind of in the same position because Zach Levine is a 
obviously a plus scorer in this league, but he's not the greatest defender. You need athletic bodies around Steph Curry that can defend. Yes, do they need a shot creator, but they need the defense more, in my opinion, because they get into situations where they can't defend, and you're already going to have to give up Klay Thompson and one of your young pieces and a pick to go get Zach Levine. I'm sorry, but like I'm a big Zach Levine guy. This is not what the team needs. I think he has on, is on a very big-time contract that the Warriors don't want to really pay for the next couple of years. This is just another name I've seen linked. And now the two more realistic, in my eyes, Laurie Markkinen, but Danny Gage is a great GM over there. He's going to try to get the most out of Laurie Markkinen. I've seen reports of three first-round picks, which I feel like in the Warriors' current position, that might be a lot for Laurie Markkinen. I think Laurie Markkinen solves a ton of problems for you. 6'11", 7-footer, can splice the floor. He can really be that small ball 5, 4, or 3. You can be super versatile in your lineups with him. But I just think that asking price Danny Ainge that the Jazz are going to ask for is just a lot because they're really trying to stockpile assets and draft capital and young players. But maybe I would do a trade for Laurie Marketing if the deal made sense. If it was like a Kaminga, Wiggins, maybe a second or a first, then you could really get me talking because Laurie Marketing fixes a lot of the problems that you have because you're very lacking on the wing depth. And Laurie Marketing can fill and be versatile with when you have a Draymond Green coming back, be very versatile one through five. Especially when you're talking about running a small ball, somebody that can space the floor, somebody that can go get you 20, 25 a game and get you 10 boards. Like, it's interesting. The Laurie Marketing conversation is very interesting. Now, one that's come up in more recent is DeJounte Murray. See, this is a way better fit than Zach Levine, in my opinion. Because DeJounte Murray, very good with the ball. He's a plus defender. Yes, is he on a, he's on a better contract than Zach Levine is. The Trey Young, DeJounte backcourt situation with Atlanta hasn't really worked out the best in terms of them winning games. I think that's just a whole problem in Atlanta. But I think he would fit so much better in a backcourt with Steph because Steph can play off ball compared to Trey Young, who needs the ball in his hands to be Trey Young. But him alongside Steph could really work because Steph can play so well off the ball and DeJounte can still handle the ball. DeJounte would essentially become your one. And your one with plus defense, good shot creation. He can get others involved. He would really give you a different look. And he would allow you, because this trade would probably happen with Andrew Wiggins, but at that point, you move Clay Thompson to the three. That's a better position for Clay Thompson at this point in time. Clay Thompson at the three, I feel like he just doesn't have the foot speed due to the injuries to really guard some of the two ones and twos in the league at this point. But DeJounte Murray gives you a defender that can guard the ones, that can guard the twos in the league. I love the fit with DeJounte Murray and the Warriors because I just think it's a perfect fit next to Steph. DeJounte Murray can still get his. And do I think this trade is going to happen? I don't know because DeJounte Murray is a hot name around just trade circles in general. Out of all the teams, I do think that the Warriors have a pretty interesting good fit. And I think the contract having him on for a couple years is definitely going to persuade the Warriors into making some kind of deal and not make it look like they're in a complete and utter panic mode, which I think can be beneficial to them. Because when you're looking at their free agents, you got Klay Thompson in the contract year. Who knows what's going to happen with that? Because before the season, there was talks about an extension that kind of, at this point in time now, are gone. 
Um, Gary Payton II, which you essentially traded James Wiseman for. Third overall pick. And then you have Darius Arch, who are your three main rotational free agents going into this offseason. They have an interesting look, but in terms of them turning the season around, I do believe that they can and will do so if they make the right trade. I do feel like a big trade is coming for this team just because you're out of the Bob Myers era, and I think Mike Dunleavy being your GM now, I think it's prime time that you make that big splash just to shake up the roster because I feel like they're in this point now where like they just don't have enough. This Warriors team is reminding me a lot of the teams the Warriors used to be beat up on. When the Warriors first got good, they just looked a step ahead of the league. Offensively, defensively, with the small ball, with the spacing, they just looked like they were a step ahead of the league. But when you watch the Warriors team today, they look like those teams that they were beating up on. They look a step behind. They look too slow. They look like they're a little lost on the court at times. Because I just feel like the league is also just caught up with them. I feel like they haven't really adapted the roster well to really be ready for a time like this where Klay Thompson is aging. Draymond is having his problems, but aging as well. And you're looking for the young pieces to step in, but I feel like the young pieces and their confidence is so up and down at the moment to where you don't know what you're going to get out of them. Dave, and this is a team we're talking about won a championship two years ago. Two years ago. But when you're looking at all the problems they have, they have nobody that is giving them over 20 a game. You can say what you want about Jordan Poole now. Jordan Poole and the Warriors for the past two seasons, he was great for them. Because he was another scorer off your bench or starting when Steph Curry was out that can go get you a bucket. They don't have anybody outside of Steph Curry that can consistently say, all right, something ain't going right in the offense, I'm going to go get me one. They don't have that. They don't. They don't have that. Because when I talked earlier about the big point gap in points per game, past years, you would have Clay Thompson giving you 15 to 18. Jordan Poole giving you 15 to 18. Clay, uh, Andrew Wiggins giving you 15 to 18. That's fine then, because you can have that gap if you have a bunch of people giving you around 15, 18, 14 to 17. But they don't have that because you don't have Jordan Poole anymore. Are they going to regret this Jordan Poole trade? Like I said, I didn't think it was a Bob Myers move. I don't think Bob Myers makes that move if he doesn't step away from being the GM of the Warriors. I truly believe that. Um, I think Bob Myers would have sat put on that whole situation. Um, A lot of it was just because of the whole Draymond Green shit that went down. Um, That whole thing screwed everything up for Jordan Poole in my eyes. Just felt like he couldn't trust the team. I feel like the punishment from Draymond from punching Jordan Poole, obviously we're, it's crazy talking about it now because he's been suspended twice this year. But I feel like even from the team's point of view, they didn't do a severe enough punishment when that whole situation happened. But I feel like Bob Myers would have sat put on trading Jordan Poole. I really do. Um, I think, and especially if you were to trade Jordan Poole, I don't think Bob Myers would have did it for Chris Paul. And I've said this earlier in the episode, Chris Paul has been great. For the Warriors. Phenomenal. I loved what Chris Paul. He's given this team a new. Kind of. Protection of the ball. That they haven't had. He's really. Revamped this bench unit. Because the bench unit for the Warriors. Have been lackluster. For most part, part, parts of this decade. But. 
I truly believe that Bob Myers would have sat put on the whole Jordan Poole trade thing. If And if he were to get traded, he would have got more value. Because I really do think trading for Chris Paul, yes, he does help your turnovers, but you're losing probably about 10 to 12 points. And you're not really getting the same level of defense out of Chris Paul has in past years just because he's up there in age. He's older. Um, I think that's just something that Bob Myers wouldn't have done. And this is a team where you look at they haven't got better since they won the chip. They've gotten worse. They haven't revamped their roster at all. They're rookies. I think they've hit on in this draft. I think they definitely need to make a different kind of trade to kind of really shake up the roster in the next coming weeks of the deadline going into February and the All-Star break. But is their season over? I'm not going to say that completely because, like I said, the West is so jumbled up. We win five games, you're damn near five, six games, you're damn near in the playoffs, top six. So I'm going to say they... The season isn't over. They can still turn around, but they need to make a move within the next couple weeks. They need to make a move within the next couple weeks to really shake this roster up. They need to go get more athletic. They need to get um, probably another shot creator off that bench. Whoever it is, you just need more shot creation off that bench. Depending on if you move Chris Paul, Wiggins, Clay Thompson trades, highly unlikely. Highly unlikely. Um, even if he is on the last year of his deal, I always just feel and believe that Klay Thompson is just going to be a warrior lifer. Um, Draymond Green, I don't even know about that whole situation. Um, but Wiggins, Chris Paul, two names that you could see on the move. I would say you could probably try to make another move. But if you want to really shake up the roster like they need to, you have to make a splash and go get either DeJounte Murray or Laurie Marketing. Hopefully they stay away from names like Pascal Siakam and Zach Levine. I just think those are negative assets for you. But... That's all to wrap up this episode of the Barrel Talk Podcast. Hope you see you tune in future episodes.